Hello everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Jams and Tea Podcast Record Club, where each week, one of us picks an album for the others to review, and then we review it. And this week, in a Jams and Tea Podcast first, Morgan and I, myself and Morgan, well I guess we did do the Opeth video together, so it's not technically for the yeah. But we're going to be talking about Team Sleep. Now, for those who have not heard of Team Sleep, Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about this technical supergroup and why it is so special? Because, oh boy, is it special. Yeah, so uh, Team Sleep is likely to be a name familiar to most, maybe not most, but a lot of Deftones fans. Uh, because one of the key creative minds behind the project is none other than Deftones vocalist Chino Moreno, uh, where he is supported by DJ Crook, uh, Todd Wilkinson, Rick Verrett, Zach Hill of fucking Death Grips, Death Grips, Ch- Chuck Doom. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I do not see Mr. Doom, uh, R- Rob Crow, and Gil Sharon, who drummed for Dillinger for a hot second. And Terry Date, so I also think, is on one or two songs here. Yeah, he's in the production capacity here. So, anyway, we've covered everything by Def Tones at some point or another, in some fashion or another. So uh, seeing how this is an album that Jake and I like a fair bit, I uh, figured it it would be uh, s- something good to discuss, dot our I's and cross our T's when it comes to d- the, t- the tones. Tones and I. Oh, no. What am I thinking of that? <laughs> That is sincerely maybe the worst song I've ever fucking heard in my life. <laughs> Team Sleep cover of Dance Monkey when I I n- <laughs> <laughs> to to get us back on track a little bit. I think uh it's kind of fitting that you say that we dot our eyes and cross our T's regarding Deftones with this just because I mean, A, Chino's presence uh, is not only just like, it's not only just like, oh, this is someone who contributed to this album. It's like, no, Chino is pretty front and center, the the main performer uh, on lots of these tracks. Not all, but lots. Um, and I feel like as a Deftones fan, like the longer you go on, the more you familiarize yourself with their catalog and the more you, you know, drift off with some albums and gravitate towards others. At one point, you just kind of ask yourself, man, what if they just made a shoegaze album? Like, what if we took away the heaviness of their sound and they just kind of focused on the ambiance? And Team Sleep is kind of where that comes into. It's a little more, a little trip hop spritzed in for good measure. It's sort of what I think anchors the record. It's sort of like the very much the moody Portishead style of trip hop where there's definitely a lot more like rhythmic inclinations here, but they're all very 
muted. They're very dark. They're very atmospheric. If I had to say an album that I think sonically is similar to this, I think Dummy would probably be the closest. But even then, the kind of washes of ethereal shoegaze guitars really set this apart. And frankly, kind of like, it just sort of makes you pissed off that this is such a novel idea to begin with of just like, why don't more people do this just because ideally in my head genres shoegaze trip-hop these are genres that maybe while they rely on different fundamental core instrumental ideas i enjoy them in very similar ways i remember when you discovered this album and shared it with me for the first time i was sitting in this very room um and i literally just put on that album one hot summer afternoon and just stayed inside that day and just listened to that instead. And it was absolutely glorious. It was just, it was beautiful and dreamy in all the same ways. And then I just didn't really listen to it again because I'm bad at things. So this was a nice opportunity to come back and revisit something I remember liking a fair bit. And what do you know? I do. But it, it it's unique not just because of the personnel and the genres, but because this is something that I don't, you know, while it is comparable to Portishead, I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that I get an identical experience to something like Dummy or the self-titled. I mean, as, you know, familiarized with uh, those uh, albums as we are, we did episodes on those too. There's so much here uh, influence-wise to unpack that it feels like, it was a good area for everybody to sort of cut loose with yeah, and sort of follow where their inspirations took them. And for the most part, I think it really pays off. I think the first two tracks, pretty indicative of this, uh, Ataraxia and Ever, parentheses, Foreign Flag, uh, the latter of which feels just like a stone cold classic it almost feels like something that should be included in like the deftones live performance set list um just as like an honorary spot uh just because it it, it feels so much like a confluence of particular sonic preoccupations uh and it, they all really come together on that song, I feel, and Adaraxia. It's like uh, Ever is sort of like, to me, it's like one of the songs that's most similar to a Deftones cut, which is like Digital Bath, but it has this very kind of worn, very organic quality that that song doesn't really have. Like, again, the Digital Bath, it's a very digital song, but this here is like an album that frequently will blend lots of electronic timbres with lots of organic ones and to create a really unique vibe. And, you know, I don't know if this is just me being this fucking as Jake pilled as I fucking am, but uh, Ataraxia, one of my favorite songs on here, the guitar that's sort of sampled here that sort of makes up the vast majority of the first half, the that is a Steven Wilson-ass guitar tone if I have ever heard one. Like, it really, yeah, really sounds, it really sounds exactly like they just pulled that from, like, fucking, like, Lightbulb Sun 
or in absentia or just like 2000s porcupine tree and they just kind of loop that so i mean obviously i'm down with it but it also showcases a kind of more active sort of energized sound like ataraxia is a song that i feel like you can still sort of mellow out and feel the kind of vibe of but it's still kind of a an exciting song like even when the sort of muted pianos come in on it it just it has a lot of energy that i think wouldn't be out of place on something really more akin to like third or uh actually tricky's max and quay might be a better point of comparison for something yeah. like this where it's like the rock influence is really really prevalent on here so it feels like they're taking from you know a, a wide array of different influences and making something particularly unique which i mean like there's just not another song trip hopper no that sounds quite like ataraxia does so that 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 is a lot of the novelty of a project like this. I do think that like Zach Hill's sort of uh, drums and engineering is essential on a song like this. These sort of cycling drum beats that are really energetic, but they're not forward enough in the mix to distract from the atmosphere, which it frequently could. And it never quite gets there for me. It, it's kind of difficult to talk about some of the songs on here just because, my God, I really just don't think there's a miss. <laughs> Some things are certainly better than others. Like I think I'm I'm not sure the album ever really gets better than the first five tracks. Like each of my three favorites will be from that stretch of songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, your skull is uh, red to fucking God. Yeah. I, I, I think my favorite is probably Boulevard Nights. Ooh. Or either that or Princeton Review. I can't fucking Princeton I like sad ass songs. What were that? That's fuck. That is a Bud and Guthrie song. God. That is just what that is. Oh man, you're so right. Abs. Fuck. Like the guitar tones sound like they're right off the Mysterious Skin, and yeah, yeah, like that sort of the air of their sound. Shit. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's almost like it feels out of place on the album in a way, in that sense. But that's kind of the appeal of the record is that. It is too long, and that's also kind of where its strengths lie and just how all-encompassing it is. It just takes, yeah, that, that's, it takes from so yeah. many different, like, other things that are sort of in that sort of down-tempo area of, like, ambient music, too, that I do enjoy it in the same way I would a Bud and Guthrie project, even though it has a lot more active moving parts. So I think it's just really impressive how like very obvious the contributions of these singular musicians are like of course we have chino's vocals on most of these songs and they are you know dreamy and atmospheric in exactly the way you would want them to be this is like a song full of nothing but sex tapes and um digital baths and uh fucking like you know some of the stuff that's a little bit more dreamy on gore just you know without the immense fucking compression it's something that feels kind of sonically limitless. And that's kind of why I agree with it being like simultaneously too long. And like some albums just kind of need to be too long to do all the things that they want to do. So like, you know, bounce it out a little bit. It sort of reminds me of the first solo Greg Pucciato album uh, oh. where he is just covering so much ground. And I think most of if not all of the material is really quite strong i just don't know if it 100 percent works as a whole album 
like I I really enjoy something like staring at the queen, but I'm not sure yeah. exactly that the album would be worse if it wasn't there. Um, it almost has a mixtape fe- feel to it, but it's a very constructed mixtape in that sense. Like I think hitting shuffle on here would be doing a disservice to the album. Yeah, I'm a little too in love with how it kind of flows as a comprehensive experience. It feels like a really well-sequenced compilation, almost. And even if, yeah. like, a Deftones fan who, you know, it doesn't, like, you know, you value the heaviness a whole lot. I think songs like Boulevard Nights definitely do a good job of, like, balancing a bit of heaviness with the sort of dreaminess. It's like, Boulevard Nights actually feels like a predecessor to what... Um, the most recent Death Heaven album would be like the very like the first opening minute of Boulevard Nights is a song on Infinite Granite. Like the the guitars on this yeah. sound are positively Titanic, and it, it's not exactly like a heavy song, but it's like it does sort of feel like slow to slow dive by way of metal instruments, and that's why you can feel the sort of influence of a bunch of hardcore musicians like Chino and Zach Hill who are applying their a little bit more industrial and sort of rough-edged sort of sensibilities here, but still to create something that feels wholly unique. And I think that's the strength of Team Sleep, is that for as many things as it reminds me of, it doesn't, it, 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 it is nothing other than itself. There's no way you can get what you get from this record, for better and for worse, and that it is so varied. But I feel like that gets way more mileage than it's like, it, it gets way more out of it than it like suffers from, for, to, for me personally, even in the back half, which I do think is like not as good as the first half, but in the same way that like fucking... I don't know, in the same way that like tons of my favorite albums would technically be considered front loaded because like my five favorite songs are in the first half. It's like, you know, apples and oranges, really. 1111, another song that really reminds me of Bud and Guthrie. It's some of those tones are just exactly fucking the same. I will say one song that I remember being like I didn't really care for as much like the first time I heard it that I really like now is Tomb of Legia. Um, which fucking Deftones as titles with words that aren't words. Yeah. Um, don't know how that's pronounced. If I'm doing it wrong, fuck you. I don't care. Um, but Tomb of Legia is like, it's kind of a skeletal song, and it's really weird. Like the vocals here, the female vocals are like, they almost feel like they're purposefully like out of tune, just a tiny little bit, and that gives the air of the song a really unsettling vibe but what's cool about this whole thing is that it's just sort of decorated with all these really intricate kind of sonic ideas that are kind of along the edge of the mix that just sort of ornate and it it, like you don't notice them maybe the first time because you the the vocals really are kind of front and center but it's just such an ominous deeply kind of like frightening song for as much as something like this can be both atmospheric and frightening it reminds me of like some of the slower paced like yola tango tracks like every day that have a a real kind of uh ill intent in them almost where it feels like you're exploring some sort of uh suburban wasteland like actually what tomb of legia reminds me of is like Trent Reznor's kind of more ambient stuff, the stuff you would find on like the ghost albums, but like focused into a more coherent structure of a song. I, I find the concert sound footage that 
comes in a sort of around the midpoint of that song to be like there is something really unnerving about it that i find really effective that i can't quite put my finger on and i feel like a lot of the album has that effect of like i don't know why this sounds off but it does the the way the vocals are kind of mic'd in the song, she's singing like right in your ear. So when those crowd noises happen, yeah. it just feels like it's taking place from so far away. And those are so close that just the 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 collision of these two ideas just feels innately kind of unsettling. You're just kind of like it, it's there's an implied vastness between like the difference of where these sounds are coming from that it makes this track feel like it has this just all encompassing length that it wouldn't have without those and then like the the sort of drum programming sort of fills in a kind of textural quality that you might want on a song like this and it just really adds to the vibe and it's a very specific kind of release but like to me it's something that if you really like the more down-tuned nocturnal parts of Deftones sound this is something that's probably should be prioritized as being essential just because it feels like it manages to explore a facet of their sound that would otherwise never be explored like at all in many respects this reminds me of the same sort of tone and feeling that the most recent burial uh work has and that it's highly atmospheric and feels like it builds an environment as much as it builds a coherent sonic idea which is why it appeals to me because i love that kind of burial stuff even though i know that has limited appeal with other people but for me it's just like hey what if you know deftones made harold bud crossed with portis head and there's that crossed with infinite granite which is the coolest possible combination of awesome things i i I just if you don't want that i don't want to know you you're not you're not invited to my birthday party there's so much going on here texturally and a lot of that so much of that comes down to the production and i mean there's like five producers credited or something like that i mean there's just team sleep as a unit credited and ross robinson and terry date and probably some others that i'm forgetting and you can hear just how much work has gone into the album from a sonic standpoint and to just making it dense while also remaining atmospheric so that even sort of the slower quote-unquote less interesting moments still feel really compelling and uh given a lot of thought and love and work put into them just because the back half isn't as strong doesn't mean it's devoid of highlights song i really am fond of is definitely uh, not it's not quite like it's sort of the back half but uh is elizabeth this is like Mm. this feels like if radiohead was fronted by like an emo band singer it's a very odd kind of down tempo combination that's like it's really unexpected it's very disarming but at the same time it's undeniably super beautiful i love the contrast between the sort of just consistent sort of driving rhythm on the drums here which again all my praise to mr zach hill every time he's a part of something he's one of the best things on it but Again, just as an excuse for some of the most creative people in like the 2000s hardcore scene to do some weird, very frequently beguiling things that somehow managed to work in a very ephemeral way. 
that's sort of what this is to me. It's a crystallized ephemera of some of the most potent sort of conjurers of atmosphere in a field where that's something that often can be taken for granted. Like, you know, some people just like Deftone songs because they bang and they do. But a lot of the reasons I like them too are because it manages to combine that with a depth and atmosphere that feels like that's the intended goal of this project to sort of capture. So, and Elizabeth also just has a beautiful, sparkling acoustic guitar breakdown in the second half, which is just, it's like... It's like Opeth-esque. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It's got this like glitchy kind of... It The song just kind of breaks at the end and it's super awesome. There, There's so many fascinating structural choices all over the album. That's one that stands out. And I think that's sort of why it can be so beguiling and really why this album isn't as remembered or as highly regarded as maybe we feel like it should be. I I find it to be sort of deliberately wrong footing in a lot of really interesting ways. Uh, And maybe if you're not like 100% in your bag for Deftones, like we are. uh, Or you're a stickler for structure, both album and song-wise. Yeah. Might be, you know, might be a little bit too frenetic for you. But if you're open to the possibility of it, there's few things like it and it there's few things that do what this does as well as it does like in, in my opinion this should be in like the trip hop canon yeah i would i would agree all right favorite tracks or ratings my favorite tracks going to say ataraxia and your skull is red are pretty undeniable in that opening run for me and I'll say, yeah, Elizabeth, late album highlight to me, though I do also really love uh, tracks like Live from the Stage and the Closer 1111. And for least favorite tracks, I don't want to be boring and pick like one of the one minute long songs like Paris Arm here or whatever, because they're fine. They serve their purpose very well as little interstitial moments um, for like proper songs. I don't if I discount those. I kind of just love every singular song here, even though it may not be the most cohesive album in the world. I still really wouldn't change anything about it, honestly. So I give this uh, no least favorite tracks. I'll give it an emphatic uh, eight. Yeah, eight out of ten. My three favorites, Princeton Review, Boulevard Nights, and Ever Foreign Flag. Uh, least favorite. Uh, yeah, I mentioned staring at the queen earlier. That's probably gonna be mine. Uh, Not staring at anything anymore. She's dead. I uh, yeah. No, I will give this an eight and a half out of ten. That brings our average to fucking an eight point three. I think that sounds right. Math. Let us know what you think of this album. In the comments below, if you think of this album, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it and then think about it and then tell us in the comments below what you think about it. You know, where does this rank in the catalog of a Deftones music or in the catalog of Death Grips, if you want to put it in all of the person's uh, catalogs? Sure. This album is uh, it's better than the Deftones self-titled, but I don't like it as much as Bottomless Pit. Um. That's a thing that could be said about this record, and that's why it's good. As always, folks, rock over London, rock on Chicago, DeLorean, the future.
was never promised.